Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to start the hour with more motorsport. Eric Thompson joins us, uh, one of New Zealand's leading motorsport journalists. G'day, E.T. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ricardo. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate. Long time no, no speak. I hope you're well. I know. <laughs> No, I'm very well, thank you. It has been a while between drinks, but it's good to catch up. Indeed, mate. Indeed. How excited are you about boxing? Are you going to get to Wanganui for the cemetery circuit? No, I'm not this year. I, it's been a few years since I've been there, but I do have fond memories of actually racing there back in the full, give away my age now, it'd be the late 70s probably, when it was part of the Marlborough Series, the Marlborough International Series, when you had the likes of oh, Hansford, Warren Willing, Wes Cooley came out, I think, a couple of times. Steve Parrish, um, you know, and just a whole plethora of, of absolutely incredible riders. It was a bit like the Tasman series with um, four-wheel drive with race cars. It was just that, I think it was three or four seasons where you just had some of the best in the world came out well, we're gonna have some- um, and raced around uh, five five rounds through, throughout New Zealand. The great Roger Freak with his weird bike with the wings on the front and the rear, which was soon banned. That's um, lot, good stuff. Yeah, lots of good stuff, mate. I mean, we go into this one, uh, I think they raced at Manfield not too long ago, and Richie Dibbon, who's actually from Wongan, who's leading the series at the moment, mate. Um, uh, I don't know how much local knowledge uh, would help in this, given that the I, I know it's the street that you can ride around, but you can't ride around it like they're going to be riding around it on Boxing Day. No, I think local knowledge would be quite good because he could you know, pop out and just have a have a ride around the place. It's a really tricky place, especially if it rains, because there's a lot of white lines, <laughs> which can get a bit slippery, and it literally is, goes through a part of the cemetery. So um, I, I think with all the rain that we've had recently, um, it's probably cleaned the road up quite a bit, um, because sometimes in summer, if you don't get a lot of rain on normal roads, they get an, sort of inlaid with oil and dust, and it makes it really, really slippery, really difficult to maintain. But with all the weather... We've had, hopefully, it's clean. It's cleaned the, the, the street up, and, and it is the bastion of the brave. Slightly stupid, <laughs> if you're going to win around there, where you just hold your breath. Cause, uh, I mean, I'll put that in there a little bit. You've got to be a bit, a bit, bit bat guana crazy, I think, to go hard around there. Um, especially, again, it's like most street circuits, and it's the same for cars, but even more so for bikes. you got the crown in the middle of the road. Yep. Um, all roads have a slight crown, and if you get on the wrong side of the crown, it's a, you know, it's a, you fall off the camber of the road, and it's, you know, there's just lots to try and remember. And because they only use it once a year, it's not as if, yeah, like you rightly said, Ricardo, it's not as if you can go and pay a track fee and spend all, all day howling around the place. You can ride it at normal pace, but that's not going to help you too much. Well. It'll probably help you to know whether it goes left or right, but that's about it, really. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's interesting to see. I mean, I know that, um, you know, Richie's, Richie's going going really well. He's leading that series uh, on that Suzuki RMZ450. He's also racing in the Formula One Superbike Series on the GSX-R1000 as well, so he's going to be a busy boy on the day. That's going to be pretty hard on the body, I would have thought. It'd be pretty hard on the body, and I think, if anything, the 450 would, would, would be my choice of weapon around there. 
I think the Formula One thing is just going to have so much horsepower and so much grunt. She'll be a bit of a handful. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, he's, he's leading. You know, he's, he's leading the championship with the series. So, you know, he's looking good. So, I mean, it's like anything, especially around there, if you can stay on, you're in with a chance. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, those those races are, are always fun, so get down and, and check them out, uh, particularly after just over a week ago, you know, Manfield, uh, they were spinning around there, Richie Dibbon is leading the way. Um, I don't know if this is actually televised, Eric, do you, do you know how to follow it? Um, you probably find somebody who's streaming it. Yep. Um, there's a lot of even individuals now. I mean, it's just a matter of just keying into, the, you know, Cemetery Circuit, Wanganui, you know, championship, and just find there'll be probably somebody, yeah, streaming it yeah. somewhere. But well, I, off the top of my head, I don't. I haven't, I haven't sat down and had a look yet. So, okay. Um, All right. Well, that's that's one. That's one. Something to do. Boxing. Now, if you got, uh, if it's raining, put your feet up and, and watch that. Is it, uh, how akin to it is is it to the Isle of Man? Do you think? Is it? I mean, it's the closest you get in New Zealand. Um, I. <laughs> I've always been a bit dubious, having been fortunate enough to have raced at the Isle of Man. And I will say, the proviso, I did the Manx, I did not do the TT. Same circuit, same racing, but the TT is just full of super crazy people. Just average crazy people. <laughs> do the, and um, there's nothing ready to compare it. The nearest thing, I would probably say, is the long, the full green hell, the Norschfeldt ring um, in Germany. That, to me, would be the closest. What the Isle of Man's got is it's just so long I mean 50 odd kilometres that's just like one lap so you know trying to remember everything where it all is and you know when you're going up through Gooseneck and across the top of the mountain you know it can be misty and wet up there do you know what I mean and when you get down through Douglas down on the sea level again it can be brilliant sunshine so I mean, let's just say they'd be distant cousins. All right. There? Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, mate. Hey, listen, ET, we wanted to talk about a few other things in motorsport from throughout the year as well uh, and, and how some of the Kiwis have go, uh, been going. We heard about Liam Lawson, of course, um, you, you know, getting the Super Formula Drive in Japan, which is great news, but uh, one that maybe has flown under the radar a little bit is Marcus Armstrong. Yes. Um, I'll just say uh, I'm really interested in seeing how Liam Lawson goes in that Super Formula because I think one of our most underrated by a country mile, because he's so um, you know, south-facing, just gets on his job, is Nick Cassidy, mm. who's just achieved. If you look at his CV, I mean, he's just about ticked everything off. But it's just, you know, he's avoided um, Formula One. But um, and I think rightly so. He just realised that it was just too political. Um, but he won that Super Formula in Japan, Nick Cassidy, and that's when. There were a couple of now Formula One drivers were racing when he was there, so he won it. So it'll be really interesting to see how Liam Lawson goes in that championship because uh, Nick Cassidy has set that benchmark quite high by winning that series. You know, it's a, it's a pretty... It flies a series itself, flies a little under the radar. I'm glad that Liam Lawson's doing it because he's getting a lot of coverage press now, so people will get to see. Because those cars are pretty much the same as a Formula One car, power-wise and speed. They're beasts, Ricardo to manhandle that around, and I think that's why Dr. Helmut Marco has sent um, Lawson out there. Um, you know, it's tightly contested and very powerful cars. But for me, the great thing I'm looking forward to, I mean, I wish Liam all the best, of course, but is to see Marcus Armstrong in IndyCar. That's three Kiwis racing IndyCar. Scott McLaughlin, Scott Dixon, and Marcus Armstrong. And um, he's not doing the oval courses, this uh, next year in 2023 but he's doing all the street 
and road courses. Um, they'll ease them into the ovals at some stage. Um, and he's with Chip Ganassi Racing, you know, one of the powerhouse teams. You know, one of the two best, them and Penske, basically the ones to beat. And um, he said he gets on well with Scott. Imagine having Scott Dixon as a mentor and somebody to help you in your team. <laughs> you know, how good. Just how good is that? And it's also like, and also the interesting thing, there are three other New Zealanders in the feeder series. There's um, Billy Fraser, um, Hunter McElroy, and I, good Lord, I can't remember the other guy on the road to India. The road to Indy. So are there are three more Kiwis just bubbling under the surface there. Yeah, well, I was quite. That could su- be the destination now. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I was quite surprised when you mentioned Marcus Armstrong because I hadn't heard that. I assumed that the next Kiwi there would be Hunter McElroy. I mean, how far away do you think he is? Well, he did really, really well last year. Got a couple of wins at the podiums. If he could finish in the top three, or if he could win it in twenty twenty three, I would. He, somebody will snap him up. Yeah, he he'll be- to go into. A- He'll be there or thereabouts. What, what about Marcus then? Uh, you said that they're not going to race him on ovals. So how does this contract work? Because obviously he's, he's not going to be able to, you know, um, a challenge for the series title if he's only racing in, in the street races, right? Yep. Um, this is for him to, because basically he's not sharing because they've renumbered the car. It's a number 11 car now, but it was Jimmy Johnson's number 47. I think Jimmy's only going to do the ovals, I think. So I think this is a transition period because... Marcus, I mean, this deal was only signed about a week and a half ago. So, um, it, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively new. But Marcus had been out there testing with Dale Coyne Racing and did really, really well. was super quick. And Dale Coyne himself said, well, boy, I would like to have him in my team. So he would have been, um, and I chatted to him last week, and he just said it was basically, he'd sort of been having on-off chats with Ganassi, but nothing was firmed up, and they actually came knocking on his door saying, look, we'd like you to, you know, come on board. And it's also, you think about it, um, a bit of succession planning. Mm, that is clear. Because, you know, Scott's not going to be racing there for forever, you know, and um, Marcus is 21, I think. So, you know, young fellow, and some of the ex, like Ericsson and a few others in the Ganassi squad, are, you know, been around a fair bit. So, you know, I reckon Ganassi's just looking for, to get some young blood in there. Which, so, which... And, you know... Well, I was going to say, which I was going to say, so can they, you know, the number 11 car you talked about, can they enter the car in the championship rather than the driver? Does it, does it work that way, given that they're going to split the drives? You've nailed it, mate. In America, it's the car that's entered, not the driver. Right. And it's the same at, in NASCAR. That's why American commentators always go, the number 53 car, the number 47 car, the number 9 car. It's just, it's the car because you can... For example, for your listeners, at the Indianapolis 500, the car qualifies, not the driver. So you can stick a driver in the car to qualify it, but he will not necessarily, they'd hardly do it anymore. But back in the day, they used to have specialists qualify the car. So, you know, the number nine, say Dixon's car, the number nine car is qualified, but you can stick, you know, you can stick whoever you want in it. Yeah, all right. Hence why the commentators always call the car number out. When you learn something new every day, Eric. You learn something new every day. But hey, my uh, head is a warehouse of useless information. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned there, you know, is the uh, IndyCar being the go-to? A lot of people going there, and a lot more eyeballs on it. It feels a lot more visible. I don't know if that's just in New Zealand because we've got more Kiwis in it now, or if, or if that's a, a trend around the world because 
you know, F1 has that elitism to it. And now we've uh, seen, you know, the, the the man who's taken over from Bernie Eccleston and running it, uh, basically trying to gag his drivers and saying, or oh. you know, the drivers and saying they're not allowed to make any statements that are any in any way political, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I would imagine. Uh, this is going to go down like a cup of cold sick with those F1 drivers because they don't like to be told what to do by anybody. Yeah, I think there'll only be a small small margin or small proportion of them. I quite like the idea. I don't want to listen to Lewis Hamilton tell me how to live my life and quote on saving the planet and being nice to people and everybody when he sits around the world in a private jet and doesn't actually do anything. Helping. I don't I don't need him pontificating on about stuff. Um, you know, but I, you know, it's not a bad thing. For me, I know I'm being a bit contentious here and probably swimming against the stream, but I just like watching sports people in general do their sports. And, you know, when they say, oh, it's a role model, the only role model you have in your life, Ricardo, is your parents, not sports people. It's not their gig. It's not their job. They didn't sign up for it, Eric. No, exactly, mate. So, you know, so I think because if you think of all that Black Lives Matter thing with Lewis Hamilton and Mm. drivers kneeling and all the contention that happened, all around that, and, you know, you're sort of thinking... And also, from their perspective, they go into Russia, they go into the Middle East, so when you had Vettel saying, coming out wearing rainbow armbands and saying, you know, like, inclusion and all that, we all agree with inclusion, we all think it's a great idea, um, and it should happen just by nature. I don't think you need to scream and yell at people about it. So, and, and the, the FIA will be looking after their bankers and the people who pay an awful lot of money to go, you know, to hold an event there. So it's, it's all politics. It is all politics. I, I kind of I get what you were saying, but yeah, it, it does. I guess you know, if 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 I was in America, I'd be uh, beating the old uh, freedom of speech drum, right? Hmm. I mean, you, you can, but then again, if you sign up to be part of a, you know, it, it's like to me, it's people who when they sign up to do something, and then they rail against the storm. If they go back and look at their contract, it says you can't do this, so don't sign the contract. Or if you want to be a political figure, go, go pick something else to be a political figure. If you want to be a race car driver, be a race car driver. Oh, good, mate. All good. What else, what else stood out? My... Yeah, what else stood out to you in 2022 if we're looking back at that as a year in motorsport for New Ze- from a New Zealand point To me, two things was actually seeing probably the greatest talented driver cross-discipline is Shane Van Gisbergen. I cannot believe he's won, he finished third in the WRC at a round of the World Rally Championships. He finished third on the podium. He's won a rally in Australia. He's won rallies here. He's won in GT cars. He's, he's won at supercars. And, you know, he's the current New Zealand Grand Prix winner in an open wheeler. Go, just how? You know, like, I just, I shake my head. The- and that... Being able to stick him on a motocross bike, and I guarantee you'd win a motocross race. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, it's interesting. Just uh, this week, we saw I can't remember who it was, but somebody suggesting that you know Scott McLaughlin's adapted so quickly to IndyCar that he you know he probably wouldn't find a switch to Formula One um, too difficult either. Where are you on a that and and where the Giz goes next? Given that he's kind of conquered everything that he's done so far, I think you'll see him do more rallies. To be honest, and he's also trying to negotiate around his supercar's commitments to do more racing in the States and Tintops. He's a class winner of the, was it the Rolex 24-hour race? Or one of the Sebring? It's one of those. You know, he's a class winner of that. Um, so he just wants to race. He, he just wants to race anything, anywhere. So um, 
So I just had a thought. Why don't you take up powerboat racing at some stage? <laughs> um, no, that would but, not um, surprise you know, but, me. But you know, like you're saying about Scott McLaughlin, I don't Formula One. I don't know. First of all, you'd have to have an enormous checkbook, and um, I can't see Penske getting involved in um, Formula One. You know, Andretti is trying to get a team. Um, Michael Andretti is trying to get a team together for that. I just don't think it's. Penske will be looking at that. Okay. Um, one other great thing from the year yep. is Emma Gilmore became the first McLaren woman racer to podium in that extreme, in the last race of the Extreme E. And she's been signed up again, so she's been signed up next year, full on McLaren, racing for McLaren. And my heart goes out, the, you know, the, not the heartfelt story because Courtney Duncan doesn't, uh, you know, agree with that or fly by that. So that poor woman, she's contested. She has led the seven women's world motocross championships she's contested over the last seven years. She has led every single round of those, and she's either won it or been pulled out by injury. And again, this year, she was leading it by a country mile, got injured, had to miss two rounds, came back in the last round, and clean swept the field. She's finished fourth or fifth or something. So that, you know, how much bad luck can you put up with? But she's, I mean, yeah. She could have seven world championships, seven of them. Yeah, she's an amazing rider. Yeah. She's an amazing woman, young woman, though. Yeah, nice. Good stuff, Eric. Really appreciate you coming on, mate. Uh, What's what's the plan for Christmas? Uh, Me getting some some more surfing. Yeah. A few dawn raids. It's been great this week because it's been absolute rubbish for the last six months. Um, We've decided just to chill around, you know, like, because we live up in Walkworth, we've got... um, access to all these beaches and so we're sort of going to look at our house as an airbnb and then go go out every day but come home yeah nice i like Over it all right mate well enjoy and it not, not not go too what about you mate uh I'm, much? I'm, I'm off next week working the week after off the week following so we'll just be doing day trips based out of auckland all right that'll be us well mate i wish you your producer and all the crew and all the listeners a real cool and groovy Christmas and New Year.